When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Eye on Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels on a frigid day at Gillette Stadium. Mark, how you doing? Cold, Chris. It was cold outside. It was football weather as Tom Brady would like to say Tom Brady loved playing in the cold weather here in Foxborough. It remains to be seen if Bailey Zappi does, but we're about to find out this weekend when they take on Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's more daunting, Patrick Mahomes or Taylor Swift in this matchup? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> probably, probably Taylor Swift. I, I think she's so famous, she'd make people nervous, whereas Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, but at this point, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get someone who's really hard to contain in the pocket. He's going to throw crazy sidearm throws that go like 50 yards down the field. So, yeah, Taylor Swift. I think if players, like, see Patrick Mahomes in the hallway, it's easy to, like, nod or wave. But if they saw Taylor Swift, I think most of them would look the other way. Uh, <laughs> we might we might have to have you on Taylor Swift Patrol. For those who don't know, Mark, uh, after a game – was it last year or the year before? It was last know. year. We were like hurrying down to the post-game locker room. We had used some ramps. We usually take an elevator, but it was all backed up. So we're like, all right, we'll walk it. Mark was in his phone. It didn't realize that he almost bumped into somebody and then just kept walking. Turns out the person he almost bumped into was Jay-Z. <laughs> I was like, dude, did you see what you almost just did? I was like, nope. I said sorry. And I saw a tall man. Yeah, it was Jay-Z. I almost, almost checked him into the parking lot. Hopefully that doesn't happen with Taylor Swift. I have a feeling if I got close to Taylor Swift, though, I'd get tackled and probably yeah. probably hurt something. That's fair. I was surprised you got that close to Jay-Z, though. Yeah, you know, He's, he but, could take care of himself. All right. Pop culture aside, the, the real biggest story this week has been Bill Belichick and his future. Uh, earlier this week, NBC Sports' Tommy Curran was on early edition, I believe, and said that he was told that uh, the Robert Kraft, the Kraft family made a decision after the Germany game that Bill's not going to be back. That is pretty, it, it's blown up since then. It, it's everywhere now. Um, and I guess, Mark, what's your first reaction to hearing that? Not surprised. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's very clear that it's not working with Bill Belichick. I think that Robert Kraft would have loved to see Bill have success this year, have success next year break Don Shula's record inside Gillette Stadium and then retire and then promote Gerard Mayo. The Patriots are 3-10, and 10 and they have been embarrassed a lot this year. I mean, this game coming up is supposed to be a Monday Night Football, and they got flexed out on Monday night in a game against the Chiefs because they're so horrible. Um, with Bill, you know, he's still a great defensive coach, and you see it. Their defense, even without some of their best players, it's they're playing well. But, like, the drafting, the free agent signing, the trades, the offense, the lack of development at quarterback, it's really all come to a head here. It's been four years since Tom Brady left, and Bill Belichick will have finished under 503 of them. 
not many quarterbacks can survive. Not many coaches can survive that. And at this point, the Patriots are so bad. They've hit rock bottom that I think it's obvious that they're going to move on. It'll probably be billed as a mutual parting of the ways. But at the end of the day, Robert Kraft is going to essentially fire Bill Belichick. So when I heard what Tommy Kern said, I I wasn't surprised, Chris. It, It makes a lot of sense. It's time for the Patriots to hit the hard reset button here in Gillette Stadium. Yeah, and I definitely, I think Tom's intel is good um, in listening to it. There's a little like, it's almost like, oh no, that toothpaste wasn't supposed to get out of the tube, but it did. And I, I think that he's right. And I think that Germany is a logical, like, after they really melted down there and just looked terrible, I think that's a logical, like, last straw where they were doing that. And, you know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Of course, we asked Bill about it on Wednesday and he wouldn't say anything about anything as you would expect. He's just getting ready for the Chiefs. So... Well, you know, good good luck to him um, getting ready for the Chiefs. And and at the end of the day, outside this, Chris, Robert Kraft has done the right thing. You don't fire Bill Belichick midseason. If anything, the six Super Bowl championships that he brought brought you as the owner, you you give him the leeway to finish out the year. You're not going to fire a guy like that, you know, in November after Germany or before Germany. No, right. you're gonna, you're going to let it play out. So here's a question, Chris: Is there anything Bill Belichick can do at this point to keep his job? I don't really think so. I mean, even if they won out the rest of the way, then you finish at <laughs> seven and 10 and you like, it's still another losing season. And I don't know. I think the direction of the franchise is an issue. I don't think there's any chance this actually happens. So I know we're dealing in hypotheticals right now, but I, I just don't see it. I think it's the totality of this operation that is just really rotten. You know, the roster stinks. The offensive design stinks. There's just a lot of things where you look at it and it's like, from the top down, it's just not good. It's not well run. And that's why I, I think you'll see him move on. I mean, do you think there's anything he can do to save it? I'd say this this is what would have to happen. Patriots would have to win out. They'd have to win four games. Bailey Zappi would have to average like 300 yards, three, four touchdowns a game, look like a future franchise quarterback. Bill Belichick would have to go to Robert Kraft and be like, you know what? You can hire a GM to make the personnel moves. You know what I mean? That Like, that's not going to happen. No. Like, and I think you're right. Even if they do win out and even like Bailey Zappi all of a sudden looks like a franchise quarterback, I, it's it's too far gone. I mean, you finish 7-10, and 10, honestly. It's actually the worst case scenario because at that point, the Patriots are probably picking – what you're going to pick somewhere between eight and 15 now. Like, yeah. So you're not going to get that quarterback or you're going to have to trade up for the quarterback. I mean, unfortunately the best thing that could happen for him is that they get the number two or number three pick. Um, Bill Belichick has a mutual parting of the ways and you hire a new coach and a new GM and you find the quarterback and the Patriots are going to have over a hundred million dollars in free agency with a great pick. It's honestly a great job, Chris. And I think, so I don't know. I don't think Bill Belichick, will be able to save his job here, despite being Bill Belichick. What is interesting for me is a story that was written by Dan Graziano yesterday, and yesterday meaning Wednesday, um, on ESPN, which essentially said that the, the favorite to take over Bill is no surprise, it's Gerard Mayo. However, Robert Kraft's plan, according to Graziano, was to have Belichick finish out his career over the next two seasons and have Mayo take over in 2025. Now, since things have gone so horrible, the ESPN, PN story essentially said that Mayo is no longer a guarantee to take over. I found that interesting. What it sounds like to me, Chris, is that when they do mutually part ways with Kraft and Belichick, that maybe Kraft will open this thing up. And instead of just 
hiring Mayo outright, maybe he actually goes through a coaching search. And I wanted to get your take on that. Do you think, one, do you think they should just give Mayo the job, get started with him? Or two, should they go through and start the interview process and bring in all the candidates? Uh, Part two, absolutely. I think that like it's okay to have Gerard as your front runner and, you know, have him be the favorite going into it. But I absolutely think that you should still do a full coaching search where this is going to be a really attractive opening for the reasons that you already outlined. And the fact that you have really stable ownership here, you know, I think that that you look around the league in some of the openings, like the Panthers one, it's like, oh, my God, I don't know who would want to go there, you know, based on the ownership situation and the like lack of leash any head coach is given. So I think that factors in here. And I think the crafts are, you know, model owners around the league. And in bringing in doing a full on coaching search, you know, you can bring the brightest offensive minds in for interviews and ask them simply like, how would you fix this offense? You know, what would you do here? Even if you don't end up hiring a Ben Johnson, getting his two cents on how he would try and fix the Patriots offense can be very, very valuable moving forward. So I think it should absolutely be a full coaching search, but I have no problem with Gerard being the favorite going in. I 100 percent agree with you. Um I think for for craft, this is such a huge decision. And, and and really, you have the chips that make it very attractive, as you stated. Great owner, a ton of cap space, and, and a good draft pick. So what I think Robert Kraft should do is he should absolutely bring in bring in you know Ben Johnson, the OC of the Lions. I believe who's the other is it Aaron? Aaron Johnson? Is who's the OC of the Eagles? There's I was trying to think of like the top coaching candidates out there, but let me rephrase whoever the top coaching candidates are. You bring them all in. Hell, bring in John Harbaugh from Michigan. Interview him. See what he has to say. If I'm Kraft, I just open it up. I bring in the top five, six guys. I absolutely interview Mayo, but I make him earn it because this is the type of decision that will change the trajectory of your franchise. If you get it right again, and let's remember, Kraft has hired two head coaches, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. So if he can strike gold you know, for the third time, it's going to set him up and his legacy up and his team up for future success. But a lot of things have to go right, Chris, other than that, right? Because say you do give it to Mayo or hell, you give it to Ben Johnson. And in free agency, they spend a lot of money on, say, T. Higgins. He doesn't work out. And then in the draft, you draft, maybe it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and it doesn't work out. I mean, if you don't hit in the draft and you don't hit in free agency right out of the gate, this is going to be a hard job for whoever gets it to keep. And that's like to bring this full circle. I think that's the biggest reason. Well, and it, it that's a really, really significant reason and why you don't bring Bill Belichick back here is because the drafting has been so bad the last few years that, you know, that's the reason why the roster is in the position they're in right now is because he's missed on the draft so frequently. And it's like, it, that just can't happen, right? No, it, it can't happen. You, you need, you need an actual, you need a GM, honestly. I think that's what they need. They need, you know, whoever it is, bring in a new GM, bring in a new head coach and get them to completely revamp their scouting system because it hasn't worked. Look at 2022. I mean, Cole Strange, I think Cole Strange has been fine, but I would argue he's not wasn't worthy of a first round pick. Tyquan Thornton's been a bust. Jack Jones, Pierre Strong. I mean, it's just that 2022 class is really hurting you right now. Even in this past year, I mean, you spent your first three picks, first three rounds on defense. Guys, as you know, Patriots defense is not the problem. So the fact that they drafted three defensive players in the first three round and didn't touch offense until round four. And when they drafted offensive players, they were guards and centers. Give me a bleeping break, guys. The Patriots decision making on for the offensive side of the ball has been horrible. They need to bring in just a new, fresh set of eyes. It's um, I, I agree. I, you know, what? I think we're on the same page here. You're not going to find any bickering or arguing between me and Chris in this podcast. So there, there you go. Uh, pivoting to some on the field news. Uh, the Patriots lost Malik Cunningham this week. 
the Ravens signed him off of the practice squad to their 53-man roster. And I think it kind of caught everybody by surprise to some degree, including the Patriots, who said they tried to keep him, but he left because it was a better opportunity for him, which, I mean, it obviously is. But the bigger issue here is that Cunningham was still on the practice squad to begin with. And, like, if he was on the 53-man roster, guess what? Nobody could have plucked him, and he would still be here, and you would have, like, an exciting young player that you can try and build around for the long term. Mark, how many guys on this 53-man roster do you think could have been gone instead of Malik Cunningham? Four, five, six. I mean, I don't even mind saying the names, but like Jeremiah Farms, Alec Austin, I mean, Ty Montgomery before they released him, even the guy they claimed, Christian Ellis, a special teams linebacker, Vidarian Lowe. Those are all guys, frankly, that I would have cut. You probably get on the practice squad and you keep Malik Cunningham because he's an electrifying player with the ball in his hands. I know you guys might be saying, what do you mean? He was on the practice squad. How electrifying could he be? Well, let's turn to Dietrich Weiss, who said, quote, we really saw a lot of his talent displayed for the world during the preseason game. And then every day after that, we saw things that he was doing in practice every time to get the ball in his hand, how dynamic it was. It was like, man, if he gets the opportunity to do that again, he's going to be electrifying. Wow. Someone who's electrifying with the ball in his hands, Chris, that certainly sounds like someone the Patriots should have utilized this year when you have, let's check, the worst-ranked offense in the NFL. And when I mentioned a few minutes ago about their decision-making offense just being bad and poor, right there is a great example. If Malik Cunningham is electrifying your defense in practice, guys, use them. Use them. It, it's maddening. And, and this wasn't just Dietrich Wise. Everyone, everyone was saying it. I've Defensive seen, players. I've never seen anything players. like it, like the amount of outpouring – from his teammates for a practice squad player, you know, that gets plucked and hasn't even been here for a full year, but almost to a man, these guys are coming out and being like, I can't believe Malik's gone. Best of luck. But like, why aren't you still here? You know, like, I mean, even Bailey Zappi said, quote, I was upset. Bailey Zappi was upset that Malik went to Baltimore. Then it was Mac Wilson, a linebacker who said, quote, I hate that he had to go over to Baltimore. And even Trent Brown Instagrammed on that. Go somewhere where your talents are appreciated. I'm summing up, but like, it really sort of says it all. Like Millie Cunningham will go somewhere with the Ravens team, who, by the way, guys, Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC. You're telling me the number one seed in the AFC has room on their 53 men roster for Malik Cunningham, but the Patriots, the second worst team in the NFL, don't. I don't buy it, Chris. Yeah, the 10 and 3 Ravens are like, oh, we have a spot on the 53 for Malik, but the 3 and 10 Patriots, oh, I don't know about that. And I mean, you rattled off a bunch of those guys in the roster, and there's even more where it's like, Someone like Cody Davis, who hasn't been quite the same since the ACL and is a core special teamer. Like, you just have so many of these guys on here. Even like Montgomery or Jamichael Hasty, why not put Malik in that role and just have him return kicks or something if you're trying to justify his spot on the 53? You know, like return kicks and go from there. Like, it's, it's, it's not that complicated, but they've mismanaged the situation completely. They've mismanaged their offense completely. And Malik Cunningham is just, it's just a, Another point to make that you're like, hey, you know what? I think Bill Belichick and his decision makers don't really know what to do on the offensive side of the ball. And we've seen it all offseason from, you know, signing Juju over Jacoby Myers to not signing DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, is looking fantastic in, in Tennessee to, you know, the way they handled the right tackle position. I just I don't know. I, I just it's been so frustrating. And granted, they're three and ten. So I'm sure everyone inside Gillette Stadium is pretty frustrated by this point. But it, it all sets up for what I think will be the most interesting offseason in 
Patriots history. Honestly, I think maybe since we've all been alive, I'm trying to think like I used to watch the Patriots in the early 90s with my dad. But like at that point, the Patriots were always so bad that you kind of expected them to be bad. And like you'd get excited over things like the number one pick being Drew Bledsoe. But at the end of the day, it's like if they made the playoffs, it was just a win. At this point, you're coming off a team that was a dynasty for 20 years, six Super Bowl championships, and they're going to hit the reset button. So who's going to be the GM? Who's going to be the coach? Hey, is Bill Belichick actually going to coach again next year with the Patriots trade him? Will he go somewhere else where he retire? I don't know, but it's going to be actually a lot of fun. Frankly, it's at this point, I think the offseason will be a lot more fun than this regular season. Yeah, you're right on with that. And I was trying to think of anything that's been like remotely as interesting for any offseason in like the Brady one came to mind, but that's kind of just one thing, right? Like, and then Tom Brady left and then that was, that was kind of it. There's so many different things they have to figure out this off season between coach GM draft pick, like a very hot draft pick. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. A hundred million dollars in free agency. Like Fa- fascinating. I mean, we're all talking about them drafting a quarterback, but I mean, realistically, they also could sign someone like Kirk Cousins because they could afford it. And I'm not saying I would agree with that. In fact, I'd probably write a column saying that was not the thing they should have done. But the, the options are there. Yeah. If they want a top receiver, they can probably sign one. If they want to try to sign someone like Chris Jones, an awesome game-wrecking defensive tackle, they can probably sign him. So, yeah, there's going to be moves for whoever is making the decisions to make, and they're going to have an open checkbook from Robert Kraft. Okay, so while Patriots fans are welcome to go on to 24, 2024, like, because it just sounds like a better situation than they're in right now, they do have a game on Sunday. It, it is against Chris Jones and the Chiefs. Mark, you got a prediction for this? I'm going to say the Chiefs are clearly going to win. I, I would not predict the Patriots to win, but I think it'll be something like 24-16. <laughs> you know, is that what you're going to pick? Me, me and Chris, I'll, me and Chris never, I'll be like, be like up front here, guys. Me and Chris never talk about our predictions. We just, I just say it. I just <laughs> spit what it's in my head. Um, but Chiefs will score 24 points against the Patriots defense. The Patriots will score 16. And the thing here is, Chiefs have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. They're tied for third in the NFL in sacks. I do not think it's going to be easy for the Patriots to move the ball. They're going to have to run the ball a ton. But at the end of the day, if you really want to beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to air it out. I don't see Zappi outdueling Mahomes. I was going to go Chiefs 27, Patriots 17, which is right in the same neighborhood. And you know what? I'm going to stick with that because I think it's right. And I think that's like the it. game you're going to see where um, I think the Patriots defense is going to play like reasonably well, but. I don't know if it's going to be a special teams breakdown again or something where I, I think the Chiefs are going to hang 27. And then, like, I think zapping the offense, it's going to be another one where, you know, they did some good things and they did some bad things. And ultimately, they scored 17 points and lost. So sounds about right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>